With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Whatever, you would throw around God. God can show up right now and sit on this couch and you'd say, what's up? Ow. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, f- you. I mean, if God wants to say that to me, he's just going to judge me by some words. I think God's smart enough to know there's, there's actions out there that might prove me worthy. It's a special oh, baby. joint edition of the Chris Sims Unbuttoned PFTPM podcast. Yeah, from what do you the usually un- say? What do you usually say to start I just off? say, what's up, homies? How you doing? We're here. It's the podcast time. Let's get going. That's usually how I kind of start off. But yeah, this is a special be- edition. better than that. Okay, hey, it's the uh, PF, PFTPM podcast and Unbuttoned. It's a collaboration. And me and Mike are wearing the same damn shirt if you're watching on YouTube. But mine's better. I, yours it's has been the through the wash too many times. The yeah. This is like the original shirt they sent me uh, 10 can, years yeah, ago. Yeah, it looks like it's 10 years old. <laughs> I just well, want to get not, that. The one I had on yesterday was that breathable, like the wicking, because it was hot and we yes, were sweating. So yes. I'm going to get real hot later on today. Yeah, Although it's very will. comfortable right now. It feels we're great. We're not allowed to complain about the conditions. It's perfect. We're at the owner's we, meetings we, for all those listening. We cover sports yes. for a living. That's right. We play in the toy department. You're right. We can't complain about whether it's hot outside. We can't complain about our hotel rooms. No, we can complain about our hotel <laughs> no, rooms. We can. <laughs> we can damn too, okay? You're over here living in large, okay, the Biltmore. I'm down the street, and I don't even know the crap. Don't in, mention. Okay, I'm don't at mention. the crap. You in. never know who the sponsors I know. are. I'm just telling you. That's where I'm saying it's the, the crap in. Do I had no touch. hot water last night. I had a double bed. I'm six five, two thirty, and I'm sleeping in a double bed. It's just not good. My back hurts today, so yeah, I'm pissed off about it. I'm not gonna let it go. Hey, at least you flew out here first class. Oh they, no, I did not. Okay, <laughs> another another whammy to this trip. I mean, I'm telling you, next time we have. The, the owners' meetings in Arizona. I am going to come down with uh, Zika or something. I'm not. I'm not coming. Here's the thing. I invited you to join my wife and I last night for dinner. Right. You would, you would have avoided your hotel room for two hours, yes. and you chose to to like get takeout and go back to your hotel room. So you can't complain about it. You chose to be there two hours when you didn't. No, have to be you're there. right. I was salty about it, so I was like not social last night, and. Uh, I was just freaking tired, okay? I was just tired. I got up early yesterday to catch an early morning flight to get out here because we we started taping stuff uh, early yesterday afternoon. So I had had enough, and I didn't want to be third wheel with you and your awesome wife, Jill. I mean, it's enough of work for her to have to deal with you, let alone have to deal with me. Well, and actually, Jill said, well, like, was he, was he really mad? It's like, I actually didn't see him. You must have internalized a lot. Yeah, I just internalized. Okay. I, 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 I can motivate through complaining sometimes or like almost just like, oh, and, and that's kind of what I do. I internalize it and just get pissed off and push through it. Well, yesterday was eventful for us because we began taping PFT Live because 
we don't want to have our crew out here at 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. local time doing a live show. Yeah. So we get everything in the can ahead of time. It's all timed out. People far smarter than us are telling us when to shut up so they can make it all into a three-hour show. Right. And we had about an hour to an hour and a half done, and, and Rob Gronkowski retired. So it's like, get rid of all the stuff we've already done. We have to go back and reshoot segments. We had to do basically half the show again, which is fine. It yep. happens. We yep. have to do it again today. Hey, who knows? Who knows? But now that we've had about a day to let it marinate, because it surprised us, it shocked us, even though we knew it could happen. Right. Here we are a day later. Where do you feel? Where do you land? What do you think about Gronk calling it quits? Gosh, I, I, it's, it's, it's sad for me. Uh, you know, I, I just think the big thing is he is such a special player, such a special personality, and he's been arguably, and I think you agree with this, one of the best weapons mismatches in football over the last nine years of his career, and let alone not only being the best weapons or mismatches in the NFL, but that guy on the best team and the best franchise since the start of his career as well. So he is an epic piece of not only the New England Patriots uh, fabric, but also the NFL. And it's a historical combination, Brady to Gronkowski. And that's where, uh, you know, I will be sad to see it go, but I understand it with Gronkowski. I mean, come on, such a special guy, but he's been beaten. His body has been absolutely fucking beaten to death. Okay. And I understand him going, man, I don't know if I can muster up the courage and everything again to go out there and fight through a season. It is still jarring to hear you say that into a microphone. Yes, and I, know. I am concerned that if you get too comfortable using that kind of language into a microphone, it's going to come out when it shouldn't. Well, this is if it is going to come out this it's good this week since we're taping a lot of this. So if it does come out while we're here at the hotel doing like the show, the actual pro football talk, at least we should be able to maybe cut it out or retape the segment. But I understand, but I am a professional swearer. I am the Rob Gronkowski of swearing, okay? I know how to turn it on and turn it off. I don't know why, but I've I think it's cuz I heard my dad swear so much as a little kid that I learned to filter it before it came out of my mouth. Let me tell you a quick story. I went off to college in 1983, yeah. and it was stressful, and it was difficult, and I'm in a dorm, so every other word's F this, F that, F this, and you get used to saying it all the time. Sure. So I came home for a weekend, and my sister was there. She's nine years older than me, and I was talking to my mom and my sister, and I let an F word fly, and my mom's like, what did you say? And my sister covered for me. She like said, no, no, he said this, yeah. and, and then I did it again. Like, I cleared, I cleared it one time. I was like, whew, and then I did it again. And, and what and happened? Like, is your, was your mom, like, old-school Italian wooden spoon kind of thing? Or yeah, like, but I was, I was too old, too old too to big do that. at that point, right, but, right. but my sister tried the second time to cover for me, but I think my mom realized that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, too late. It's too late. The haze He's out kind of, of old. Horses, the haze out of the barn or the horse is out of the barn. Either way, I was dropping the F-bomb left and right but uh you know it's it's just always weird like when you hear your child say it for the first time i know yes. when i heard my son say it for the first time it was just weird right it was no. weird when i heard my dad say it for the first time i didn't think it was something grown-ups used well wait i wait. was mortified when my dad used wait till you come to my house and hear my eight-year-old throw around the f-bomb will he now, say gonna, to me when i walk in what's up fucker well probably yes because i'm probably going to tell him to say that <laughs> but uh, yeah something along those lines and i'll tell him that you have the you're you're, you're like you're in the trust tree so he can let the the f-bombs fly and uh, it always makes people laugh when they come over to my house to hear an eight-year-old throw out some adult swears so back to Gronk. We're going to have Drew Rosenhaus coming up later on the program. We talked to him for about 15 minutes. Yeah. He had a lot of great insight. And one thing that he has said in the aftermath of Gronk retiring, there is a chance we're going to have a little Roger Clemens thing where maybe he'll come back yeah. during the season. Now, I don't know if Bill Belichick wants that, but in theory, he could come back, help them out if they have a need, 
come back and play part of a regular season, get ready for the postseason. He was great in the postseason last year. Phenomenal. M- maybe we do see Gronk come back. I, I don't think it's crazy. I was surprised to hear that right off the bat. I just, you know, yes, New England does not seem that type of team to always accept that. A Rob Gronkowski seems like a guy who's kind of all in, like either I play or I don't. Uh, so it is interesting to hear Drew throw that out. I do think Gronkowski would be one of the few people in the NFL or on the planet that New England would wiggle the rules for a little bit because of everything we just talked about. Not only has he been special part of that organization, but he's still special on the field. Like you said, the playoffs, I mean, they needed a big completion in the fourth quarter uh, against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Who'd they go to? They went to Rob Gronkowski. Same thing in overtime for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I still think with his size and his ability to move, he can be a mismatch problem. You know, the big thing, I guess, is going to be where's his body at? And I think that's really maybe where it happens. If he gets a week four and goes, okay, I feel real good right now. You know, maybe I, you know, come back and get a few weeks of practice underneath my belt and they unveil me week eight. I I wouldn't be shocked now that I've heard Drew say that. Listen closely, though, folks, when you hear the Gronk, or not the Gronk, but the Rosenhaus interview on Gronkowski, bulging disc. Yes. That, that could be something. Things he was fighting through last year yeah. that we didn't even know about. That, that could be something that would maybe keep him from coming back. All right, but given that it's a possibility yeah. right now, and I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. Who has more catches in 2019, Rob Gronkowski or Jason Witten? Oh, my gosh. That's a really good one. Okay. I'm going to go with Jason Witten. I am. I think when all is said and done, I don't know if Gronk will ever get to that point this year where we just mentioned where he's going to go, oh, I feel pretty good. I just think his body has been beaten to hell so badly. You know, it's another love. Jason Witten, you know, has basically been unscathed compared to what Rob Gronkowski has done. It's just a different style of football. So I would go with Witten there, even though I don't think it's going to be this huge statistical year for him either. I remember in 2008 when Brett Favre retired and and I think the Packers knew exactly what they were doing when they asked him for a firm commitment one way or the other in February. They knew the answer would be no. Yeah. In April, he was on David Letterman's show, and he said, hey, who knows what will happen when July rolls around, and we know what happened when July rolled around. I think with Gronk, we need to say who knows what will happen when November rolls around. Yeah, right. Right, right. because that's when he starts to feel that. And you've said it time and again. In New England, the regular season is the preseason. Yeah. The postseason early stages is the regular regular season season, and the playoffs of the Super Bowl. At some point, he's going to feel the New England regular season approaching and he may decide it's time for me to go have some fun with my old teammates. Yeah, I think that would be the time of the year you get the itch, especially as that type of guy. I I mean, you mentioned a lot, Mike. He was a different guy in the playoffs than where he was in the regular season. I think it's like a little bit what you see. You know, you see that with veteran players in the NFL. You see it in the NBA as a sport where sometimes the guys coast through the regular season a little bit. I, I just, I know I need to get up to, you know, this level right here and I could still play really well, Uh, even though there might be more in the tank to push the limit a little bit. But then when you get to the playoffs, that's when guys can start to go, okay, there's no tomorrow. If we lose, I got nothing to save my body for. And of course, it's playoff football with everybody watching the intensity, the money that's on the line, you know, all of those things. Yeah. Bring the veteran players kind of maybe to a level that they hadn't reached all season long to where the playoffs, they're capable capable of doing things that we saw them do in their prime uh, because they, they've they been measured out throughout the year. Have you given any more thought to what you think the Patriots will do? You've got four options. Yeah. The guys on your roster, mm-hmm. free agents who may be out there, and Peter King added in Football Morning in America on Monday that Jared Cook will indeed sign with the Saints. Okay. He's not going, going to 
have a change of heart and go to the Patriots. Right. Trades or the draft? And maybe it's a combination of the four, but but any more thought on what you think they do? Yeah, I don't know if there's a free agent out there. I mean, the free agent list of tight ends that are available right now is not very big. There's some guys like Austin Safarian Jenkins who are out there who would fit the mold of that. But, you know, New England looks for not only a special player, but a special guy that they feel can learn their system, fit in within the culture. I do think this is a, a draft, and I haven't worked my way down the long list of tight ends in the draft coming up yet. Uh, I will get to that point. But I do think there's some players there to be had. Now, to say that they're going to be Rob Gronkowski, no. The only guy that's even similar or even somewhat comparable to that is the kid Hawkinson from Iowa. But the rest of the group, Mike, is a lot of there's a lot of Jordan Reed-ish or let's say in New England terms Aaron Hernandez. I know that's a bad name. I'm talking about the guy on the field, okay? There's a lot of that type of player at the tight end position. The kid Noah Fant uh, from Iowa, that's who he reminds me of a lot of ways. It's a Jordan Reed Aaron Hernandez type skill set where they have this quickness of a wide receiver but yet a 245 pound frame that's different to be able to be that size, to move that way. Uh, but I think that some of those, those two guys from Iowa, they're going to be gone. New England's going to have to make a move if they want one of those uh, in the first round, at least. Somebody posted a photo yesterday of Irv Smith shaking Bill Belichick's hand at the Alabama pro day workout. And Irv Smith retweeted it with the, the double eyes. Yeah. Right. Like emoji. I'm available. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, who, who knows what they'll do, but they're going to have to do something because they cut Dwayne Allen and Gronk is now retired, and Bill Belichick will tight end's always, huge for them. always have a plan. He grew well, you know, and the tight end is uh, it's something they believe in in that offense. You know, Bill Belichick, let's not forget, he came from the New York Giants with Bill Parcells and Mark Bavaro and Zeke Moad. You know, so the fiber of his teams usually uh, have a tight end. Even the early years before Gronkowski, let's not forget, you know, it was Ben Watson, right? Um, Daniel Graham out of Colorado was it. So it is something they've always valued that position. Why? Because it makes them more multiple. When you got to play the New England Patriots and there's a tight end on the field that can do a little bit of both, you don't know what the hell they're going to do. And they like that. Oh, they're going to run the ball and smash it down your face. And then the next play, they spread it out and throw it all over the field. That's the kind of guy they look for at the tight end position. Uh, and it's not going to be easy to replace the Gronk man. It's kind of a different experience doing this here. Well, you should be used to this now. Although yeah. when you are doing the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast at the NBC Sports Group Studios. The stuff going on behind you, you really don't see because you're looking this way. But right. you've got people walking. I on, know, and they like look over, like, "Oh, are those guys somebody?" And then they realize, "No, they're nobody." Well, they I going. see people I know too. So if I end up shouting out people that go by, like I just saw a few people in that group there. There were some wives of head coaches there that I wanted to say hello to, but I refrained at this time. But you're I being professional be for a yeah, change. I'm being professional for a little bit, at least for for now. All right. Well, let's do this. Uh, we've, we're going to answer some of the questions that have been put out there for the joint. The posse, the posse, posse PF, the PFTP and posse. They usually have good questions. And I tell you yeah. what I've done over the... And, and me as well. Yeah, yes. but but they, they will ask questions that really get me thinking about angles that I'd never thought about before. So I end up stealing those concepts right. and using them the next morning on PFT Live. We're writing stories about it. A lot of times I forget. That's the thing. While I'm doing it, it's like, hey, I need to remember this. This is a pretty good question. And a lot of times I just forget all about it. But more often than not, I try to remember, and it ends up being something that maybe helps us push 
the, yeah. the needle forward no. a little bit because they, they've got a good perspective. Conversation. They is like key. you too. I, I, I'm, I'm glad they do. I like them as well. I mean, they seem like a cool group, a little too cool to follow you, really. But I mean, Thanks. you know, I, I get it. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they like you more than stats. Okay. They hate stats. Well, that's a low bar. I mean, you know, stats. I mean, gosh, I don't even know. Yes, I know they don't like stats. So to say that is not really a compliment. They, they bought me a Christmas present. That, remember that kiss? Arena Football League jersey that I wore that one day. Yeah, right, on that right. day. It's signed by Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. I've Weren't seen you there it. that day? I think I was there that day. I can't remember. Gene anymore. Simmons did not Gosh, wipe his damn. ass with that shirt. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Thank you for that visual. I was very, <laughs> I was waiting to hear that. But I will say this about your posse and even reading comments on Pro Football Talk, I agree with you. There's times where I go through the comments, not that I really want to know what every person is saying, but it stirs up conversation. And I think that's why you and me work together because we talk things out sometimes. Like, oh, I haven't thought of that. And you go, whoa, well, you're not a dumb football player. You made a good point today, actually. And, the, and that's where we have fun. I, I assume you have not read the website today, but you I gave actually me, wrote I know a story. You did, the fourth and 15. That's right. That's I saw right. It. And it's something that they need because if they start rolling out these stats about what happens on fourth and 15, wait a minute, this is a different kind of fourth it and 15. It is a different fourth this is 4th and 15 after you've just been shredded for a score, right. and you're going to be even more tired than a normal 4th and 15. Exactly right. I, I, I think that. And the, and, and the other point I saw you, you wrote in the article about, and for all those out there listening, we're talking about the 4th and 15 being the replacement for the onside kick right now, and that whole jump off there. But you made you made the other point, too, that you know the statistics for what they say the conversion rates are for 4th and 15 right now, where they are right now is the floor. You're right. It's going to only get better if this becomes part of the game. Teams are going to just continue to to come up with more ways. They're, they're going to practice it they're more. They're going to practice it more for the situation. Exactly right. And, you know, hey, the other thing I worry about this, I just worry uh, to, hey, you know, kickoffs have been part of the game. Why can't we just go back at least for the onside kick to the old rules? Uh, I do I do want that. I also worry about fourth and 15, oh, roughing the passer or a pass interference that was very judgmental type of call and all of a sudden the team gets a first down. I don't want the team that's far behind and has been down Dominated for 57 minutes of the game to have too easy of an away back into the game. That's not always fair to me. I guess that's where I get worried about it in, the, in general terms. I am amazed, though, that seven of the eight members of the competition committee too. have signed off on this proposal yeah. from the Broncos. The only holdout is Giants co-owner John Mara. So we'll see. It takes 24 yeah. owners to pass the rule. And maybe they'll pass it on an experimental basis. I don't know. But here's the thing. From a business standpoint, it's good to have an opportunity for the team that is losing to pull the game back to something where they can either get to overtime or win the game because you don't, they don't want people to turn the channel. No, and I if know. you've got no realistic chance to keep possession, click game over. But we're not turning the games off now. That's what Some I would argue. Do. Some people Maybe, do. but the games are close as hell this we, year. We have, I mean, no, we, we have no... It's not like when we're watching the games at NBC, it's not like they're going to pull up, you know, Laverne and Shirley in the bottom right square. We have to watch the games. It's one of the greatest opening songs ever. That's close. Doing it our way. Yeah, I was spot on. Is that Laverne and Shirley? That's Laverne and Shirley. Are you sure? I'm damn sure. And I was even alive during that damn show. Tyler Moore. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I mean, somebody. One of you old people on behind the camera. Anybody got an answer for me? Is that Laverne and Shirley? I think it's. I think you're close. It's close. I got it. I'm telling you. And they wave at the bottle. The 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 yellow glove on it. Right. You know that show came from right milwaukee no no you know where it originally it was a spin-off of another popular show do no you know what show it was a spin-off i do of? not happy days ha oh. and happy days had like six spin-offs right you know, you know why I, is it a spin-off i don't even understand they, they they had a plot line right with 
Fonzie and Richie Cunningham. Are you familiar with those two uh, characters? Yeah, I am very. They much. had a double date with Laverne and Shirley. Oh, but they were much more. They were much more. What's the proper word? Uh, they they were more floozy-ish right. in Happy Days than they ended up being in their own show. Okay. They seemed like they were, you know, like girls that would have bad reputations right. back in the 50s. Right. And, and, uh, but that's where Laverne and Shirley came huh. from. I did not know that. Another, and this one will surprise you, but yes. they really jammed this through Happy Days Please. to create them. Because Happy Days was the show in the 70s. Yeah. Mork and Mindy. Okay. With Robin Williams yes. was a spinoff of Happy Days. Holy cow, I did not know that. Yeah. I see, um, you know, uh, what, what's his name? The actor. I mean, he was the, you know, he's a director of movies. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. He, I see him around town. Funny story, just off of this, I went and saw A Dog's Way Home, something like that, with my little girl, right? My little girl loves animals. She loves dogs. I go to see it, and Ron Howard's little girl, Bryce Dallas Howard, is the voice of one of the dogs in the movie. Well, her name comes on the screen, and somebody claps real aggressively. And I go, I, I just, out of my head, I just go, I wonder if that was somebody in his, her family, because I knew she had grew up in the area I live in, Connecticut. Well, I go outside. My wife and little girl are in the restroom. I'm with my little boy, and there goes Ron Howard walking by. I got a chance to meet him. I was like, oh, my God. What would you say to him? I, I just was like, you are the I said, you are the man. It was really nice you to meet you. didn't call him Opie Cunningham? No, I wanted to say, I mean, because I used to watch that growing up because my mom loved, um, you know, what the hell was that show when he was Opie? Happy Days. Oh, Opie was the oh, one before that. Yeah. It was uh, uh, Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith's show. I used to watch that growing up. But still, awesome to meet him. And then I said, you know, I thought you guys might have been here. I heard somebody clapping really hard. And, and he laughed. And he was like, yeah, it's my wife. It's a proud mama. So did, that was cool. Did he know who you were? Absolutely not. <laughs> did you introduce yourself and then it rang no, a bell? No, I did not. I didn't did you say Phil myself. Sims? You didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I'm not usually not that way. I just wanted to say hi to him. He's a legend, and then I moved on. Did you not say your name? No, I did not. You and just said hi. I just said it? hi. You the man. Here's is how it works. When you. you introduce, when you meet somebody, you are you're allowed to say your name. You're not imposing upon him if you mention your name. I know, but gosh, he's got he's freaking Ron Howard. I was just trying to let him get out of the movie theater, so that was it. Uh. A guy who knew who Chris was, although Chris was not represented by this guy during his... Oh, well, wait, before we do that, yeah, we're being reminded it's time for our read. Yes. When you need auto parts but you can't get to a store, visit RileyAuto.com. You can buy your parts online and pick them up in the O'Reilly Auto Parts store of your choice. No shipping costs, easy returns, and convenient pickup on your schedule. Shop your way for the parts you need at O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, Drew Rosenhaus joined us earlier in the day. Here's the full conversation with Super Agent Drew Rosenhaus. Continuing our coverage of the annual meetings in Arizona and a guy that I have seen everywhere in the couple of days that we have been here, getting deals done, making business happen, and in demand now that one of his biggest clients has decided to walk away from the game. He is longtime NFL agent Drew Rosenhaus. Drew, welcome back. How are you? Good to be here, guys. Doing well, hustling. You're right. You know, for me, uh, I'm here trying to chase down the teams. At the Combine, they're chasing you right. for, you know, the, the guys that they want to sign right out of the gate. Here now, you're chasing the general manager and head coaches to talk to them about draft your, and things like your that. Your free agents yeah, who right. haven't been signed gotcha. yet. We're in the second wave. Yeah. And of course, the draft. Yeah. But at the combine, there are no discussions about contracts, <laughs> right? With moving free agents. That doesn't happen. <laughs> that, is, that is such a joke. <laughs> That's got to be the biggest travesty of all. You know, you made the point. I mean, they should just eliminate the whole tampering stuff. And I just mean, let it go, right? Yeah. Well, but the way I understand it, you negotiate 
negotiated a deal with the Raiders for Trent Brown in three minutes. I mean, it's very impressive. You to are do a impressive. Million million you deal that, quickly. that was easy to get done. <laughs> that didn't take long, given given the amount. You know, when he became the highest paid offensive lineman, that was kind of hard to turn down. Yeah. So that one happened pretty fast. Right. I, I mean, yeah. Do you, I mean, does does a relationship grow from there with just the Raiders specifically when you go into a big, you know, week of talk about Antonio Brown and then right? Oh to, yeah. Yeah. It does. Definitely. Right. Spent a lot of time with. Well, I've known Coach Gruden for for years. Right. You know, Warren Sapp's one of our retired yeah, clients. So. Coach Gruden's been working with our guys for for decades, but Mike Mayock, this was my first dealings with Mike as a general manager. Uh, But the Raiders, a lot of the people behind the scenes, like Tom Delaney, he runs their salary cap. He's been there as long as I can remember. So I've had a long relationship with Mark Davis, Al Davis. This is my 31st year. So a lot of the people in the building have been there for for a while. Right. Before we get to Gronk, Antonio Brown was the story of the offseason for the first couple of months. And I kept comparing him, Drew, to another one of your former clients, Terrell Owens, in 2005. And I remember what T.O. went through and how hard it was for him to get what he wanted. What has changed in 14 years where a player called a shot and made it happen and got out of a situation he didn't want to be in? Uh, You know, Antonio had nine great years there, guys. And when we met with the Steelers – in West Palm Beach, we met with the owner, Mr. Rooney, and we met with Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, the GM and assistant GM. We just decided after hearing Antonio out that it was best for him to move on. I think the Steelers bought into the notion that it would be best for everybody if he was traded. It really wasn't a process of us just forcing them to do it. We explained our position. Right. And, you know, not everybody agreed with the approach, but at the same time, there were a lot of discussions going on behind the scenes that were very cordial. Yeah. Antonio's meeting with them was very positive. He and Mr. Rooney, they hugged and agreed that it would be time to move on, that it was nine great years, but a change of scenery would be best. You know, his relationship with Ben obviously was not the best. The relationship with... Coach Tomlin, unfortunately, was not at an all-time high. Right. And it made sense for both sides to get going. Um, And, you know, going all the way back to Terrell's, it was a little more one-sided at that point. Well, so so I want to piggyback off that a little bit now with the Antonio Brown thing. Okay, so now you know it's time to move on from Pittsburgh. Uh, this is where, first of all, I'm amazed by you. Your oh, players love you. I just, uh, oh, and thanks, I want to tell the audience <laughs> that because I've been, I played for Warren Sapp. He loved you. Uh, anybody I've Why ever didn't been you around. Why did you hire him when you were playing? Well, I didn't know him that way. He didn't pursue me. So maybe he didn't <laughs> think I was worth a damn. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to make any money with that problem. Get out of here. Uh, but how, how much do you get involved with like Antonio Brown? We're sitting here doing TV shows going, man, the stuff he's doing on social media, uh, it might be hurting his trade value or his ability to get on with the, how much do you get into people's lives that way to, to steer them in the right direction? Well, I shared with Antonio my thoughts that I thought, you know, less is more with, with the media <laughs> and, and social media and things yeah. of that nature. But I always supported him. You know, I will, I will give him my recommendation and he's his own man. Yeah. I'm his agent, but you know, he makes his own decisions and he'll certainly consider my counsel, but it's not like we had this uh, game plan to do stuff on social media. It wasn't uh, something we concocted. Right. It was really him just speaking from the heart. Sure. 
a lot of this was very emotional for him. He wanted to play in that last game very badly. He wasn't able to do that. The team decided not to. Um, he was hurt by some of the comments that came out within the organization about his conduct that week sure. and whether he gave up on the team, et cetera. Right. So a lot of this was, was pure emotion from him. Um, so it wasn't a scheme yeah. as much as he was reacting to a new set of circumstances. Right, and but, you just let him sit back and do his thing, even though you've made a recommendation on how you think he should handle it. You know, I, again, you support your clients right. as much as you can. You try and guide them, but it all worked out in the end. You know, I mean, he's very happy. Hopefully the Steelers are happy to move on and put that behind them. They got a couple draft picks. They've drafted really well in the past. Uh, you know, I've heard Kevin Colbert make, you know, a statement when, when people talk about, wow, a third and a fifth. Yeah, right. I want to ask you that next. Uh, yeah. You know, but he made the comment recently, hey, that fifth could turn out to be the next Antonio Brown. Sure. Antonio was drafting the sixth. Right. You never know. They've right. done a great job at the draft. Do you now call him Mr. Big Chest? <laughs> I never called him that. <laughs> I've always called him AB, but, you know, we, we've had a great relationship. I spent a lot of time with him because he lives in South Florida. So we're neighbors, and we, yeah. we, uh, we got together quite a bit and kind of talked through this. It wasn't easy. It was very painful for him because he loved his time at Pittsburgh, yeah. and it was a painful divorce right. for both sides. This wasn't something that we went into the last game and said, you're never going to play for the Steelers again. This just happened. This wasn't a long time coming. Right. This was something that really blew up at the end of the season and led to the parting of ways. Rob Gronkowski's decision came out of nowhere yesterday, even though we were watching and waiting and we knew there was a chance he was going to retire. From your perspective, when did you know that he was calling it quits? I thought he was going to come back. Uh, I really thought he was going to come back. I remember talking to the Patriots and telling him, I'm pretty sure he's coming back. Wow. That was just my, that was just my guess because, you know, I, Rob loves to play the game, you know, and he finished the season so strong and he was healthy at the end of the year, he got a quad injury in the Super Bowl, but he was relatively healthy. And it was great to see him get back to playing that way. So I thought he would come back. But as the time went by and, you know, I'm talking to the Patriots and they're wanting to know what he was going to do. And I, I called Rob this week. I said, Rob, I think it, you know, I'm not trying to pressure you, but I think it would be great to let them know right. so they can plan right. accordingly because you'd be a big loss. And Rob's response at that time was very lukewarm. It wasn't like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm leaning one way or the other. So that's when I had a feeling. Yep. And, but it wasn't until he called me yesterday. And it's one of those phone calls you never forget. You know, I'm on the phone and I'm, I'm dreading it as he's telling me because it's so much fun to see him play. Sure. You know, uh, just the, the fan, forget the agent and, Just so much fun being involved with going to the games and being a part of his career. I'm going to miss that. Yeah. These nine years have been extraordinary with him. There's only one Rob Gronkowski. So I was clinging to that. So I was like, Rob, are you sure? Is there anything I can do? Can I call the team? Can I talk to them about you taking the offseason off? Maybe taking it easy on you in training camp? Yeah, right. Perhaps. Witten pitch count, something like that. You know. Right. 
he said, nah, Drew, this is it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've really, I've thought it through, and I've, I'm ready for something else. I've had enough of football. O- ultimately, do you think it was just his body being beaten to hell that said enough is enough? I think so. Yeah. I, I think last year, what people don't realize is Rob played with an Achilles injury. Right. He had a calf injury. He had a, a quad he had a, a bulging disc. He's had three back surgeries. He had a bulging disc. I was worried that would lead to a fourth surgery. And for a lot of the season, he wasn't himself. And I, I think Rob is accustomed at playing at such a extraordinary level. I, I don't think it was very comfortable for him to play at a level that wasn't up to his standards. Yeah, sure. And so I think that was tough. Did you have any discussions, Drew, with the Patriots about some sort of a reduced load, a pitch count, less practice time, save him for the postseason because he was he was the old Gronk again in the playoffs? I did, yeah. And the team was very open to the concept of working with him. Right. And we got together with Coach Belichick last offseason to try and adjust some things to make it work for Rob. Because uh, Rob considered walking away this time last year. Well, that's what I was gonna, how close was it last year to uh, calling it quits? Pretty close. Yeah, it was. Pretty close. A I think if they had the won the Super Bowl things. last year, he would have retired. Well said. That's a good point. It okay. was at this time last year I was meeting with the team um, about Rob coming back, and, and he decided to come and do it. He went and he met with uh, Coach Belichick right before the draft and made the commitment that he was coming back. Yeah. And I think you're right, Mike, winning the championship – because he said that to me yesterday. So, you know, Drew, I won another championship. It's three. The time's right. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't have any set plans. There, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him, whether it's a studio host, whether it's a sideline guy, uh, a la Anthony Siragusa, what he used to do, right. fun stuff. Um, the Terminator. That's what we're yeah, calling I mean, for. We right. want him to be we, went, we pulled up all the lines from the original Terminator. It's only 17 lines. He doesn't have to deliver much. They do a reboot of the original Terminator. All he has to say is, I'll be back, and off we go. You know what? That would be awesome. I, I could see him doing a lot of things. He'll be very successful. He'll, you know, he walked away from $10 million. Yeah. You know, he walked away from 10 million. The, the Patriots obviously wanted him back. You know, that was never a question. I'm just glad that he was in that position. You know, what a credit to him. A lot of guys that I have, they play forever because they, you know, they can't afford to walk away from that. Right. Thank God Rob has so many options that he can. Yeah. Does he still have all of his football money banked? He does. Wow. It's a true story. You know, Do he. You? Me? Yeah. No? <laughs> you you met my wife. She's got expensive taste. Uh, yeah, I get Rob, taxed and then I get double taxed by my wife. <laughs> no, he, he hasn't been married. He doesn't have any kids. And he's lived within his means. He really has. You know, I think he's had the same vehicle. He's never been an extravagant guy, not with jewelry, clothing. You know, he's really lived within his means. I got to give his parents a lot of credit. And he's got older brothers that looked out for him, too. So I got to ask you this question just because, like I stated earlier, uh, you're so loved by your clients and you've had some real personalities. I have. Okay. So whether it was Warren Sapp, who I got to experience in person, <laughs> uh, who, who, is, who was the craziest personality of all where you just look back at, back at it and go, oh, my gosh, that was fun, a handful, all of it? Shockey was right at the top. Shockey, Jeremy yeah. Shockey I'm not shocked. <laughs> was definitely one, but it ha- you'd have to give it to Rob. Yeah, you give it to I mean, Rob. Rob was definitely the, the, the most entertaining guy. I mean, just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Always in a great mood, right. always funny. Even when times were tough coming up, most people don't realize all the adversity that Rob went through. I mean, he had an ACL. Yeah. 
bad one where he tore his ACL and MCL. Right. He had three surgeries on his back right. throughout his football one career. One in college. One in college. Right. He had four on his forearm. That was almost a career-ending deal. The, the staph infection. The staph was scary. Line, right? Yeah. That, yes. That'll kill you. This guy went through a lot. And that's what I'll remember most about Rob, the, the joy, the great personality, but also the toughness their perseverance, this wasn't a walk in the park for him. I mean, he battled. What are we talking about? Nine surgeries? Yeah, yeah it's insane. Yep. You know? Remarkable. And never got jaded. Never lost no. his nature. Never no. lost his love of the game. Never. Always just went. That's what amazes me about football players. They get broken down, and they dedicate themselves to getting back to 100%, going back out into that fray knowing they're going to get broken down again and have to keep doing it over and over and over. And Rob was a blue-collar guy. He never complained once about blocking. He would take on defensive ends. He would. he would do all the dirty work. He was never a guy that was just all about. He never called me once and said, man, I'm not getting any uh, catches. They're not throwing the ball to me. Never. Not in his entire career. He would go a whole game of blocking. He would never. He wouldn't have a different attitude as long as the team won. Was he ever annoyed that, you know, in the last few years, like tight ends passed him up in yearly average like salary? Because we used to talk about it. Like, sure. it, it's crazy. Definitely. definitely. He, he did get annoyed. Okay, yeah. Me more so than him. Yeah, I And I mean, that. you know, we did Rob's contract after his second year. It was very unique what yes. the Patriots did. And he wasn't Rob Gronkowski, the Hall of Famer, after his second year. But we got a very lucrative extension, but we were always chasing the next contract because he was the best player. Yeah. So I think we renegotiated his deal five times. One year we got the Patriots to move money up. Every other year we got them to add incentives just like last year. So it seemed like I was perpetually renegotiating <laughs> Rob's contract right. with the with the Patriots, but they were great to work with. I mean, they recognized what a unique player he was, and we were always able to go back to the table and work stuff out for yeah. them. Yeah. At his peak, he was, I believe, the most dangerous non-quarterback in the NFL. Another one of your clients right now, we believe, is the most dangerous player who doesn't throw the football, and that's Tyreek Hill, the right. Chiefs receiver. There's been some stuff in the news about him recently. I don't know what you can and can't say since there's a pending investigation, but is there anything that you can tell us about the Tyreek Hill situation? I know I haven't seen a statement from him, from you. Is there anything you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, we've specifically stayed away from any kind of statement because it is a pending investigation. Um, so really, that's probably the best thing for me to do is to continue just not to say anything until... Um, that that clarifies itself. Were, were you uh, staying on that topic? Were you down the road a little bit on contract negotiations with the Kansas City Chiefs? Not really. Point? No, okay. not really. I think the the negotiation story got a little bit blown out of proportion. Really, we had just had uh, a couple of meetings, but nothing nothing too far along those lines. Jay Glazer but, threw out there last week the idea that he'd heard rumblings of a possible trade. Had you, had you? gotten that sense at all that they were thinking about maybe moving on from him? No, absolutely not. I, I met with the team at the Combine, and we were talking about a contract extension for him, and I never heard anything about a trade. Uh, Jay's really plugged in, and he nailed the Odell Beckham, so I was surprised to hear him say that, but I never heard a single uh, rumbling about that. In fact, in talking to the team, all I ever heard was he was a building block that they planned on committing to and getting a contract extension for Right. Well, Drew, we know you're really busy. We appreciate some of your time. You're in much demand here at the league meetings, given the Gronk retirement and all the other guys you're getting contracts for. Congratulations on your success. We look forward to talking to you again down the road. My pleasure, guys. You're Thanks for time. Good to be with you guys. All right, great stuff from Drew Rosenhaus. Very Seriously. candid, very yeah. candid. And, and let's start 
where we ended with Tyreek Hill, I didn't expect him to say anything. I mean, we had to ask, but, yeah. but it's news to him that there was any discussion of a possible trade. Not that the Chiefs would tell him, we're thinking about trading you, but... You know, I, look, once Andy Reid decides he's ready to move on, we did it with Marcus Peters. I mean, he'll, he'll do he it. Will. That's it. No question. He is uh, not scared to make those type of moves. I, I guess I was this. First of all, when I heard that news that he was maybe there was trade talks, I was shocked. Because, I mean, again, what we saw from Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill last year, I think we would all agree was like, oh, wow, like this could be really special going into the future. I mean, this could be one of the NFL epic combinations in the history of the league. So I was surprised there. Then I thought maybe did they say something like that just so he doesn't ask for too much money in contract talks? Uh, or already had asked or for already too asked much. too much as a number right out there to where they wanted to like slow, the, slow his roll down there. But either way, it doesn't sound like anything's going to happen here real soon. And with Gronk, the idea that that Rosenhaus agrees that if they had won the Super Bowl last year, if they had beaten the Eagles, Gronk quite possibly would have walked away then. I remember hearing leading up to that game. Yep, you were that all he over was it. ready to walk away. You were. And the family's been on it because of the concussions. Forget about all the other injuries and very serious injuries, especially right. the staph infection in his arm with the broken bone. Then they had the plate and they had to take it out. and they, Just bad stuff. But the concussion's the thing that caused the family to, to work on him at length to get out. And now he's out. Although, apparently, he could come back. Yeah, well, and, you know, I thought it was cool that he, he kind of confirmed what you had always said, that you thought if they had won the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, that he would have probably retired after that one. So uh, that kind of justifies you there as being, you know, the oracle for four seconds in your life. Way to go. That's my nickname. I'm the oracle. Thanks, okay? thanks. But thanks. you know what I always find, like, crazy? I, I'm actually just, like, Drew is a great dude. He's one of my favorite agents, like, just just to talk to what is it about him that gets him all these players, all these different personalities always. And he's, he gets guys that are straight laced and guys that are a little rough around the edges for lack of a better phrase to where uh, I'm just amazed at, w- at what he does and the kind of players he pulls on a yearly well, basis. And recruiting is part of it. But the other side of it too, is you have to give them the proper level of service or they will move on. And, and plenty of agents do get fired by their players because the players have expectations that aren't necessarily met. And sometimes the players think they're bigger stars than they are. But, you know, he balances as many different relationships as really anyone in the business. At yes. one point, he had over 100 clients, and it's just him and his brother, and it's not easy to do. It's a tough, tough business because, look, you're, it's your spinning plates. You know the old trick where they spin that you're constantly, and, and plates are going to fall, and you just have to keep moving, and uh, he's been doing it for 31 years, so he's got to figure imagine. it out. I can't imagine. I, right. I couldn't be an agent. I are know you, that. Are you ready to... Uh, yeah, let's go. Ready to answer some questions? Yeah. PFTPM Posse, let's see what they got for us. We have not read any of these in advance, but they have been pre Good. I'm Matt not an Casey. actor, so... Okay, Brady at B Flow Faux Show. Rosenhaus says Gronkowski could return over under 0.5 snaps in 2019 from Gronk. I'm going to go with the under. I am. I'm, I'm going to say that he stays true to the retirement, even though that I do think he might get a little antsy and itchy uh, come October, November. I still think at the end of the day, he's going to realize that his body is beat to crap and he won't do it. Yeah, I, I almost want to say I want to see him like maybe he takes a year off and then rethinks it the next year. Yeah, because you don't what he'd be thirty one. Right, it's not like he's going to be I, that. I old. just I don't know that the Patriots are going to play that game. I think from the Patriots' perspective, you know, there's no separate set of rules for anyone. Mm-hmm. And if we do this Roger Clemens deal where you show up for half the season, we're making an exception, and that's not a road we want to go down. And and it's one thing for Gronk to be interested in doing it; it's another thing for the Patriots to want to do it. And it makes me think of when Brett Favre decided to unretire. You know, the Packers didn't want him, yeah, so he went through this dance of showing up and forcing their hand. The, the salary hits the cap again, and they had to trade him. I mean, if, if Gronk wants to play and the Patriots don't want him, 
all he has to do is unretire, and they may very well release him. Yeah. I, I just don't right. think he wants to play for anybody else. I don't, I don't think either. he wants to undermine that relationship with the Patriots fans. That will pay a lot of bills for Gronk over the course of his life. You're exactly right. I mean, gosh, what has he got a Dunkin's Don't Dunkin' Donuts deal up there? I mean, yeah, he's a legend in there. I, I I mean, really, where does he rank in the pantheon of like all-time Boston sports heroes? He's uh, he's really up there. I mean, I know he's not Brady or Bird or Ted Williams, but he's like that next group down, maybe with like Big Poppy and Pedro Martinez of these legends. Yeah, but I mean, you got Larry Bird, you I know, got well, Carl yeah. Yastrzemski. I right. mean, he, they're you know, they're in the upper some, class. Brady, yeah. Bird, you know, Bobby Ted Orr. Williams, maybe Bobby Orr. That's like the upper class. Is Gronkowski? I'd be interested to know from the New England fans. Is he in that conversation or is he the next group down? Probably the next group yeah, down. I would think so too. But 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 the thing is, if you leave and you play for somebody else, you go another peg down yes. or another peg down, right. especially if you end up playing for a team that the Patriots have to deal with on a regular basis. Right. All right, next one. Mike likes dirt. Ooh, Who are the you most do like dirt, don't you? Yes, I do. Who yeah. are the most fun football players of all time? Where does Gronk lie in those rankings? Ooh. Most fun. Yeah. Who were the most fun guys when you were playing? Well, most fun, I mean, Warren Sapp. Okay, that would be the first one. I mean, he, he was pretty fun, really. I mean, Warren Sapp, I, the first game I ever played in, we played in Tokyo, okay? He wore the Karate Kid headband all week while we were in Tokyo. and That's they, probably offensive to the locals. Well, I, I don't know. They loved him. Yeah. You should have saw it. I mean, they, he, was, uh, he was as big of attraction as Godzilla. I mean, they were all over him, okay? Then... First play of the game, Mike, he breaks through the line of scrimmage, slams Curtis Martin to the floor, and took a, you know, I want to say, what is it, a karate bow, put the hands together and bowed. The place went electric. Uh, so, yes, I mean, I don't know. If they obviously didn't find it disrespectful. But Sapp would be the number one guy for me. I know he's not everybody's favorite, but he was entertaining nonetheless. But, you know, I think of Sapp's. Uh, gosh, I was there with Keyshawn Johnson. I played with Albert Hainsworth. Those are some of the names that jump out to me right off the bat. But, you know, all time, who else do you think you're going to – Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. Deion most, Sanders. Yeah, yeah. An acquired taste. Right. But, but McMahon was that guy who would stick it to the man. He had the headbands he wore back in the 85 playoff run where he kept getting fined. So he finally wore one that just said Roselle, yeah. the name of the commissioner at the right. time. And he mooned the, the helicopter, something that you would probably do. My kind of guy. Super Bowl week. He, gave me, a, he gave me a headband. He gave me a headband at the at the the week after the Super Bowl. I was being a pain in the ass six year old at the Pro shocker. Bowl. Yeah, shocker! And I was banging a golf ball on a hotel uh, hallway, and it must have been his room. And he stuck his head out, and you know, I, I looked a lot like my father. I think he put it all together, but he was looking at me like, "Who are you, you little crap?" With the that's disrupting my nap time. But he gave me a, an Adidas headband. I thought he was pretty cool after that. Yeah. Who um, else are we missing? Because like Gronk and Jim McMahon. You're right. They could do no wrong. I think even people who like hate New England are still like, uh, but Gronk's okay. I, yeah. I can deal I with mean, it. I mean, there were some renegades back in the 70s, like a Lyle Alzado type. Yeah, that's I right. mean, just some of those colorful, over the top personalities back as football was growing in the 70s. Uh, Frenchie Fuqua, the Steelers yeah, running back, sure. who had the platform shoes with the goldfish in them. And my, my, my dad, and I, I'll never forget this. Back when they used to do, and I don't know, some of the teams may still do this, they'll do the traveling basketball tour where it's a group of the players and they'll go play the Yahoos and all the little, you know, towns and, and bergs in the vicinity of where they are. They yeah. came to my town. The Steelers came to my town. Right. And they played basketball against a group of locals. And my dad took me. And after the game, they're signing autographs. And Frenchie Fuqua was signing autographs. And my dad handed my, his pen and Fuqua signs the program or whatever. And he goes on. He doesn't give the pen back. And my dad 
he, he was getting that damn pen. <laughs> Mr. Fuqua, my dad. I, uh, Mr. Fuqua. Yeah. With, and my dad was just like, he's an older guy. Right. No, Mr. Fuqua, that's my pen. It's like, yeah, you tell him, Dad. Just, <laughs> that's right. Just a, one of those things I'll never forget. Uh, uh, well, Frenchie yeah. Fuqua, very colorful figure. Uh, what, back what, in the day. what about some of the nitwits we got right here? Who jumps to your mind with like lovable personalities? Casey, you got anybody that comes to your mind? Anybody else that we're missing? Like Terry Bradshaw, actually, for a quarterback, yes. was kind of that way. Like yeah. where it was like, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it's kind of like, oh, goofy. Uh, didn't take him all that seriously. Think about Bradshaw, how long it took him to figure out how to play football yeah. at the NFL level. Right. Today's NFL, he'd be back in Shreveport pumping gas. No doubt. You know, yes. you never get would five he would years have now. Cut, he'd been cut after year three Cade or four, Mc, year Cade a bust. McNown, is yeah. that it? Yeah, yeah, he'd have been Cade McNown. Right. He'd have been gone. Right. Marshawn Lynch, stats mentioned. Oh, how do we forget Marshawn Lynch? You're exactly right. That's definitely in the conversation. I feel like we're missing a few other ones too, Just, but that's what happens. When, what did you say? John Matuzak? Yeah. Matuzak, right, yeah. right, Close exactly enough. right. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, I mean, Dicka, I guess, back in the day maybe would have been. I know we're missing some here, like Antonio Brown is probably one of the big characters we've seen in, in recent history. Well, and, and then there was that era where they would be, like, hungover and they'd play football the next day. Max McGee, right. the, the performance he had in Super Bowl One, he wasn't supposed to play. I think he was time. still drunk yeah. during Super Bowl One. And, yeah, Len Dawson Smoking with the fresca and a cigarette. There, right? Yeah, I mean, Joe Namath. That's unreal. Right? Yeah, Joe was in that right. combo, too. Next question. Arkell81, do you buy into the Eli has done narrative being banded about by football media circles? I personally believe Eli has something left in the tank. His O-line has let him down the past few years. There's no question the O-line has not been great. There's no doubt about that. But I could rattle off teams that have worse offensive lines than, than Eli Manning and the New York Giants, too. I think that has to be taken into account. You know, one of the reasons we, we always talk about the O-line being so bad is because Eli can't move or get out of the pocket or get out of harm's way, or he's not willing to stand in there and make a throw when the pocket is collapsing. Instead, he just goes down and we go, oh, look at the pass protection. And I want to go, well, no, here's a play that Tom Brady had or Ben Roethlisberger had that's very similar. And they stood there and made the throw and it was a 20-yard completion. So am I buying that Eli Manning is, yes, Eli Manning is towards the bottom of the list, if not worse out of the top 32 quarterbacks in football. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. John Merrick got very upset yesterday. Right. Did you see that? He yes. got very upset because people are writing that there's a sense of loyalty that is keeping Eli Manning with the Giants. Well, I think it's fair for people to think I that. I think it's totally because fair. Because if it was any other quarterback, right. would he still be the guy that is the starter or would they have moved on? They would have already moved on two years ago if it was anybody else. I agree with you, Mike. 100% there. And, and I think the fact that he got mad about it is kind of like, hey, you're protesting a little bit too much. Uh, exactly right. It almost shows his, uh, the true colors there. But yeah, I, and again, do, do I think the Giants, if, if all things go right and yeah, Saquon and the O-line are improved, can they still win games with Eli Manning? Sure. I mean, damn, if the Jaguars can go to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles, the 70th best quarterback in football, the New York Giants can make the playoffs with Eli Manning being the 37th best quarterback in But they don't have the defense. No, they do not. You're right. And it's it's and at the end of the day, if the run game is not going to be able to kind of hold things together, you know, Eli Manning's at a point of his career where he's not going to be able to hold it together with just him dropping back to pass 40 times a game and keeping the team in the game that way. At a red zone, Alc, would the NFL have been more inclined to fix the pass interference rules if the Rams had won? Won the Super Bowl. Ooh, I, I know my answer. You, no, they don't care. They no, think it's a they I, think it's I a hundred year storm. 
And yes. it, it no, we're we're fine. There's never going to be a bad call like that again. And uh, you know, and, and now they're going to fix it, but they're not going to. If they do fix it, it's not going to be the fix the necessary. Way we want, right? Where you can call pass interference after the fact if it's not called during the game. But I don't think they care. If the Rams won the Super Bowl, I don't think it matters. No, I don't think it matters either. Uh, you know, we can go through the 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 test of or the the history of time and go through a lot of game altering uh, calls that maybe put a team into the AFC Championship or the divisional round where we'd go, ooh, that's suspect and then they went on to win something. So we can't go back and change history. Human human error is part of it uh, and I, I agree with you. I don't think it would have been uh, any different. At Longhorn Justin, this is Whoa, something we touched up, on Longhorn? earlier. Hook yeah, but, but let's go do ahead it, and answer it, this for him. Right there. You do that? Yeah. What? With How the possible you, new 4th and 15 asshole. rule as an onside kick, I don't like that the offensive team could get the first down via a defensive penalty. With an right. onside kick, it's impossible to get the ball back by penalty. You have to earn it. What are your thoughts on I that? I think that's spot on. That sounds like a small Smart Longhorn right there. I like it, let alone I know we talked a little bit at the stop, top of the show. Fourth and 15 is going to change when teams know this is a part of the game. So whatever the conversion rates are for now at fourth and 15, which I would imagine are very low, they're going to that's going to be the floor going forward. I worry about roughing the passer, which could be a judgment call. I mean, we saw one called in the AFC Championship game on Brady and one not called on Mahomes. So those are the things that do worry me, let alone in an era where we're going to talk about about player safety, and here's a team up, let's say, 17-3 to with a few minutes left, okay? Now their defense is on the field for a 10-play drive, playing a prevent defense. A team scores to make it 17-10. They're exhausted. They've dominated the game, but now they got to go back out on a 4th and 15, and if they get the first down, oh gosh, they're going to be back on the field again. I just worry about it making it too easy to make the team that has been dominated all game long to be able to come back and get involved in the game or steal a win. That that's the aspect I guess I worry about. What do like fourth and twenty? You think that's too much? Fourth and twenty-five? You know how about what, what was the Freddie Mitchell? Fourth and twenty? What? Twenty-four? Twenty-three? Make it that. I mean, make it that. I mean, I think some. I really think fourth and fifteen might be a little too low. That's what I worry about. Here's the about. thing, and the point you made yesterday: if they're relying upon statistical performance by way of converting fourth and whatever, yeah. It's going to be higher when you're talking about keeping the defense on the field for another play after they've just given up a score. Exactly. So, so and the game planning that's going to go yep. into it. I mean, teams will start to prepare, and the OTAs coming up for we need to get a fourth and fifteen playlist. Start to build it now for the season for when this arises. Because you don't know, there might be two or three games where you have to use it multiple times. You know what? Maybe we'll see teams go for fourth and fifteen more often during the regular game if that's the case. I, if they feel confident, I mean, in some more of and more teams right, are going for fourth down. You're on the thirty-five yard line. If they feel like they're starting to good good at it and they have a variety of plays but the big thing is that it's going to come to play in the late in the game like that too is what do we know about pass rushes late in the fourth quarter they get tired so now you know it might not necessarily be it might have been the strength of a team as their ability to get after the quarterback whatever it may be it's usually not as good late in the fourth quarter because you're exhausted and that's another advantage let alone the rules are set up to favor the offense as is in the NFL so that all scares me at the real Forno Tyler Fornes what are the biggest talking points at the owners meeting that aren't getting enough attention. I have one. Yeah, go ahead. It's you a rule know, that, you're better it's, than it's me. It's a rule this. that I, we, we talked about on Monday's PFT Live. That they tucked it in at the very bottom of the proposals. Last year, they they allowed the league office to disqualify a oh, player right. who is penalized for a certain type of non-football act. There's a proposal now to expand that to football acts, and it doesn't say that it only applies if a foul has been called. It yep. could As the proposal's written, and who knows how this will apply, right. but it could 
in theory, it's, it becomes the NCAA's targeting rule. Not that I, I disagree with it. What I disagree with is this idea to just kind of slip it through without people realizing what's going on. But this could be a significant change. If you can have Al Riveron or one of his lieutenants at 345 Park Avenue buzz the referee and say, hey, we see something here on replay where there was a, you know, somebody lowered their helmet and jammed it into an opponent. We right. think that guy needs to go to the showers. We're exercising that power to do it. That's just even more power that comes out of the stadium and goes to that central location. And I know that teams are concerned about it. Coaches are concerned about it. They don't know who's in that room. They don't know who's influencing those guys. And this idea that the league would have this, this ability to basically run every game from the league office that that concerns people and this is another power that the league office How, would have. do you like this one i well i i just would like it more if they were i feel like the fact that they're not out in the open about it yeah. it just makes me inherently skeptical of it right i like the idea that guys who deserve to be booted out of the game they I get booted too. out of the game i just don't necessarily think it's a decision that should be made off-site yeah well i guess this is where i would go i do like it like okay let's just say you know we see those scuffles that break out during a game a lot of the times right and we don't really know what happens or what, what started this scuffle whatever then we go back and they find a high-end zone replay where oh look off in the distance there you know blah 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 cheap shot of the other guy when he wasn't looking and knocked him to the ground like those for those instances I look at those and go yeah you know what I got no problem with the NFL finding that and going hey you know you know Johnny safety over there just took a cheap shot like an asshole and now we got to kick him out of the game I I, I kind of like that you know for Leonard Fournette last year running across the field and doing that like you know, if that had squeaked through the cracks to where the referees didn't realize he had come off the sideline and wasn't in the game, right? I'm all for the NFL going, hey, wait, they had a guy in the scuffle down there in the end zone who really ran 70 yards across the field from the bench. You got to kick his ass out of there. I'm all for that. The approach by the officials before the league office got involved was to err on the side of not disqualifying a player because the officials don't want to disrupt the competitive balance of the game. They'd rather let the league office decide after the game whether to suspend a guy. And maybe that's the better approach. Instead of running the guy off the field in the heat of the moment, yeah. maybe you decide after the fact whether he sits out the next game. Yeah, that's, I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that. I guess what I worry about in those ones, what, what you do by running them off in the heat of the moment is you stop the potential for another cheap shot later down the road in retaliation or something like that. I mean, there is a point but, where it has to happen. Like the yeah, Odell yeah. Beckham, Josh uh, Norman right, stuff. Sure. It has to happen. Yeah. And it, and, and, uh, but I feel like that the, the officials in the past have, have not done it because they don't want anyone to ever say you affected the outcome of a game yeah. by sending Odell Beckham Jr. to the showers when you shouldn't have. Right. And, and here's the thing. If you're going to suspend a player, he's got appeal rights. He's got an opportunity to make his case as to why he should be allowed to keep playing. If you eject a guy, it's not like you can appeal it. That's yeah. it. It's done. It's over. So it's a lot of power that gets focused on one person, whether it's the referee or whether it's somebody at 345. Park Avenue. Colonel Kevin, call your shot. How many quarterbacks taken in the first round this year? What's, give us an over-under. Well, I, I think the, the like three and a half would be the over-under. Like, are we going to get four in the first, or is it just going to be... I'll go over. You think it's going to be over? It'll be the three guys that you have at the top yes. three. Kyler Murray, Drew, Drew Locke, Locke, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins yes. and then somebody's going to trade into 31-32 and, and get a guy there and have him under contract for five years. I think I agree with you there, too, Mike. I, I so think, make it four and a half. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, if it's four and a half, I'm going to go the under. I think because I, I think 
the it's almost 50-50 of whether that fourth guy gets drafted, at least in my eyes. But hey, whether that's a Ryan Finley or some or maybe Daniel Jones, who I'm not real high on. I don't know why he's in that first round conversation, honestly, in my evaluation, in my opinion. But uh, regardless, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I hear you there. I mean, whether it's the New England Patriots, hey, you know what? Another team we forgot to talk about sometimes too, with the, maybe looking at the old quarterback. Let's get somebody in there. This, the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they made a play maybe for the future here, realizing that Philip Rivers might be coming down in the last year oh, or two. Right. A couple years ago, who it was uh, the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. I know they were very that? interested in him. I know they were, right. All right, uh, let's get a couple more of these before we wrap this yeah. up. How about uh, ASW Pack? Which receiver would you love to see the Packers draft to play with? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. And be opposite Devontae Adams. You're the greatest I've ever seen forever and ever. Do you, do you, are you yes, done? Are you I'm done. done. I'm done. Uh, what, what receiver would you like to see him draft? Oh, well, uh, the, you know, the receiving classes, it's impressive. Now, I think the guy that I like a lot, I mean, hey, the kid from Ole Miss, as you know, uh, DK Metcalf is a freak show. Uh, the guy I'm in love with that I got my man crush on, and he could be there when the Packers are picking one of their two first-round picks, would be Paris Campbell from Ohio State. He is a guy I look at that, you know, the Packers don't have a guy that can just absolutely instill fear in you as far as going over the top. And um, Paris Campbell, if I showed you some highlights of him, Mike, I mean, he's a guy that he can catch a lot of five-yard shallow crosses, and he outruns all the Big Ten down the, down the sidelines for 70- and 80-yard touchdowns consistently. Uh, and I think he's got really room to grow as a player. But he'd be a guy I'd look at and go, ooh, he'd fit that system, what they want to do, and he can do everything, XZ, slot receiver, uh, I, he's the guy I kind of would fancy there. All right, one last question before we wrap it up for today, and this is a very important one. Belfast Pats fan. Whoa, and Ira, uh, it's Ireland, right? Yeah, Belfast? Chris, Mike says not to ask questions about your hotel room, so what's up with your hotel room? <laughs> My hotel room is at a double bed. It's crappy. It's dirty. It had no hot water in the shower last night. I mean, fuck me. It wasn't good, okay? <laughs> That's what's wrong with it, all right? I, the, the, the offer uh, still stands. You can come sleep on my couch. No, my thank you. 800 square foot uh, I don't want to disrupt, you know, love, lover session with you and Jill. Don't okay? worry. I've been married 25 years. That's not a concern okay. anymore. Okay. All right. Good. Just wait. <laughs> All right. That's it for today's edition of both the PFTPM podcast and Chris Sims unbuttoned. I, will pro- I don't know if we'll do it again this week or not. I don't know we'll either. I know. It all out. Well, we'll just do what they tell us to do. That's right. Sometimes. We had fun, though, always. All right, man. You're the man. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks peace for your out, questions. Homies. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you later. Say peace out, homies. Peace out, homies. There we go. My homies. <laughs> My homies. My homies. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.